Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Buddham Dhammang Sanghang Namasami uh, Friends, in line with the theme of this uh, retreat, uh, Taking Refuge in the Truth, I wanted to speak to you about an old Buddhist tradition uh, which is uh, called an action of truth, or a satcha kirya in the Pali language. Uh, you all made an action of truth when you were doing the evening recitation. Uh, you said, uh, for me there is no other refuge. The Buddha Dhamma Sangha is my only refuge. By the power of this truth, may I grow in the Master's way. Uh, there are many, many uh, 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 verses, devotional parts of the devotional chanting that has some kind of a line which is, by the power of this truth, may there be well-being. By the power of this truth, may I be free from fear, and so forth like that. Uh, this is called Satcha Kirya. And um, the belief is by actually creating a truth, having the truth not just be parroted as a magic phrase, but a truth which is arising from one's own experience has got the power to turn the course of nature or has the power to put a, a different warp in the fabric of the universe. And it's this way that we get out of the endless cycle of karma and rebirth and going around and around in the same rut on the same merry-go-round. Uh, if you were able to save yourself by being good, uh, you wouldn't need the truth. But being good alone is not enough to uh, realize, to have the breakthrough. Uh, the thing that does it is is this, uh, this truth, uh, which uh, cuts through karma. Now, I'm going to give you an illustration of how this works by means of telling a fairy tale. That's funny, isn't it? The fairy tale is going to explain the truth. <laughs> um, uh, the um, uh, Jataka stories are the stories of the past lives of the Bodhisattva uh, before uh, the previous lives of the person who incarnated as Gautama Buddha. And uh, in the past lives, he uh, attained the perfection of several different kinds of virtues. And one of the virtues that was perfected through many lives was this virtue of truth. Uh, and this uh, little story is, well, uh, one time the Blessed One was walking around in uh, the Magadha country uh, with a group of uh, bhikkhus, uh, and it, there came to be a forest fire. Uh, some of the younger monks were frightened and thought they better uh, start a backfire to uh, protect themselves. We know that technique. Um, 
and they went and got their torches and um, went uh, to uh, make a backfire to uh, protect the lodging where they were staying. Uh, but the more elder senior monks uh, told them not to do that and said, uh, how can you think of making a fire when you have the Blessed One right here with you? Let's go uh, visit the Blessed One. So they went to where the Buddha was. And as they were approaching the Buddha, um, when they got within a certain distance of the Buddha, they were carrying their lit torches. And the torches just snuffed out as if by magic. And then uh, the fire came, but the area um, surrounding uh, where the Buddha was didn't burn. The fire stopped as if it had come to a lake or a body of water. And subsequently, the Buddha told the story of his past uh, birth. Uh, he had been born as a quail. Uh, just uh, no sooner had he uh, picked his way out of the shell and started to um, be uh, cared for by his parents, then uh, the fire came, which is the fire that usually comes at that time of year. Uh, he was too little and too weak uh, to do anything. His mother and father uh, flew away, leaving him alone in the nest. And this... Uh, brave little quail uh, remembered his lineage, the power of the past uh, Buddhas, uh, the power of awakening. And from uh, this, this memory, this uh, empowerment, he spoke a truth. Now, I'm going to... Uh, start to go to verse, and I'm going to uh, recite uh, the poem in, in Pali in English uh, for you to listen to, and then we can uh, think about it. So this is how it goes. Atiloke silaguno satchang soche anundaya there is in this world the quality of virtue, truth, purity, tenderness. In accordance with this truth, I will make an unsurpassed vow of truth. Avanjitva dhammabalang saritva pumbake jine Satcha Balamavasaya Satcha Kiriyamakasaham Sensing the strength of the Dhamma, calling to mind the victors of the past, in dependence on the strength of truth, I made an unsurpassed vow of truth. Santipaka Apattana Santipada Vanchana Mata Pitachanikanta Jataveda Patikama. Here are wings with no feathers. Here are feet that can't walk. My mother and father have left me. Fire, go back. 
Sahasachekate my hang, Mahapanjalito siki, Vanjesi sola sakari sami, Udakang patwayatasiki, Sachena mesamonati, Esame sachaparamiti. When I made my vow with truth, the great crested flames avoided the sixteen acres around me as if they had come to a body of water. My truth has no equal. Such is my perfection of truth. So, here are wings with no feathers. Here are feet that cannot walk. My mother and father have left me. Uh, what I love about this this verse, uh, a lot of the other um, similar stories have a truth which is a little bit like, sort of like pompous and bragging and giving the great qualities of the Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha and asserting something really strong and powerful as as the, the basis for for our uh, protection. Um, for example, there's uh, one in the, um, the Ratana Sutta is, is also a great big Satchikirya. It gives the, in that case, uh, the city was having a plague and they called the Buddha to rescue them from the plague and they, he had um, uh, his disciples to walk around the city chanting this, this Satchikirya, which uh, uh, caused uh, the demons and the, and the plague uh, to go away. And uh, one of the verses in the Ratana Sutta is uh, Varo Varanyu Varado Varaharo Anuttaro Dhamma Varanga Desai uh, He who is the best, the bringer of the best, the giver of the best, the knower of the best. He taught us the very best supreme Dhamma. By the power of this truth, um, may there be well-being. <laughs> so so uh, that's typical but this this uh, this uh, poem about the quail then uh, shows how um, actually even a vulnerability, even a weakness, if it's a truth, can be so powerful. Um, a lot of times uh, when we are um, practicing uh, the Dhamma. We understand the difference between what is wholesome and unwholesome, and we undertake this project to start uh, uh, learning how to purify the heart of unwholesome uh, dhammas, unwholesome states of mind. Uh, we find the ways to prevent and abandon these unwholesome states and ways to uh, cultivate um, wholesome states. Uh, and yet, uh, until we complete the journey, uh, that effort is very uh, difficult, and it it seems like it's almost uh, you know how often are we completely successful? Um, there's even a danger, uh, especially we feel this when we're in, in monastic form because we're supposed to be uh, very pure in in our our virtue and our in our mental states and in our our speech, and so there's there's an even stronger tendency to take our unwholesome states of mind and sweep them under the rug. 
And that's, actually, that's not a tendency in, our, in the Sangha. We have ways to bring these things out and to have them be out in the open where they can be seen clearly and acknowledged and worked with. That's part of the beauty of, of the uh, monastic training is there is such a, a gentle and beautiful way to allow and bring out the, the uh, difficulties so that we're not forced to hide. Uh, but it's kind of in within human nature to try to um, uh, get away with things or to hide what's unwholesome and that makes it even more um, uh, difficult to cope with and you may find uh, um, you know something happens uh, somebody speaks to you in a way that's irritating and just at that moment you don't you don't snap at them or you don't react to it but you've got this little aversion thing that that rises up and but you you just put it you know, you just, you think you abandoned it, but you really didn't. You just kind of put it in your pocket. <laughs> and then, you know, sometime later on, the same person um, uh, makes a mistake or something, and then, boom, the hammer comes down. <laughs> uh, because because you, you got some averse, you got an unwholesome dhamma, and you didn't, you just were carrying it without, without, uh, being sense opening and sensing and seeing what it is right at the spot, right? Uh, but uh, partly what this is saying is even even like like little things that if we are able to say things that are true, that are able to acknowledge weakness, able to acknowledge our inability, um, that that actually has the capacity to turn the tide of nature and to stop the fire of passion, aversion, and delusion. Another um, example of how this uh, acknowledgement of weakness can be powerful uh, I sometimes had the experience, I don't know if anybody else has, where uh, one is uh, trying uh, during a meditation retreat to stay uh, fully present and aware just uh, within the um, uh, project of uh, the retreat to uh, develop meditation and to um, have this, uh, this present moment awareness, and yet the mind um, continuously wants to get involved with plans or planning the future and regretting the past and replaying old conversations and you know this kind of thing and and it, it's it's like um, the more we struggle with it and try to use willpower, the less successful we are in overcoming the tendency of the mind to try to run away from the retreat. But then it could happen at a particular moment that one is able to stop using the technique of resistance and willpower and just say, you know, causes and conditions, this is the mind I have right now. And then somehow the the struggle stops and 
and when it when becomes able for a while to to come back to the project it's like we we put down the flag and and then um something shifts and it becomes and it all becomes possible um, another something i um like about uh this verse is that uh it shows to me a characteristic of a true statement which is um that a true statement is very simple a very direct kind of plain and uh it has that characteristic of not being deceptive and so as we listen to different teachers or go in different situations in life and we you know you hear a lot of statements there are a lot of words you know the our universe is filled there's a tsunami of words you know flowing through the air and the internet you know it's all there's a flood right now of <laughs> words um and uh so the the question then is you know how can we recognize the true dhamma as opposed to something which is maybe a a diversion or a masquerade or some a misunderstanding and so one aspect of it i believe is this aspect of simplicity and directness um it's uh, said in the uh, sutta that uh the truth is um not deceptive um uh here's one there is suffering okay you know it's uh that's not a statement like that's not a magical mumbo jumbo trick statement it's just you know right there is bald it's right there anybody can understand it even a little child can understand that there is suffering and uh suffering has a beginning and suffering has an end so from these uh simple straightforward and this is a characteristic of the dhamma actually in the olden days uh the brahmanical religions had uh a pretty strong theory about magical uh mantras uh words that had power words that had 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 power to uh help your deceased relatives to stay in heaven or to bring you good luck or bad luck or things like that and those um uh mantras were memorized in a way that was um very careful they had to be precise, recited exactly in a particular way to have their their uh, magical effect and if the priest would uh even just change a syllable or something instead of becoming a a blessing that could be a curse and and so so it was uh you know kind of like a secret science and so then uh uh the what the the buddha done as he done in so many cases he took something um that's part of our human nature people want to have faith they want to believe in things they're looking for lucky charms um and he transformed and elevated something this kind of natural and easy for humans to do and brought it up to um a much more like sophisticated uh a sublime um uh profound 
level as uh, something which is uh, part of the uh, progress of wisdom. So then um, what I'd like to encourage uh, you to do is to think about do you have your own satya your own active truth or your own truth that you know that becomes real for you in this moment? And can you experience the way in which uh, something can happen where a recognition or an arising of understanding or the arising of meaning can become uh, deeply transformative in how you practice. So uh, perhaps you would have, um, you know, read some books about the Dhamma or hear some Dhamma talks and you've heard about, oh, say, the Four Noble Truths. And um, and it, it kind of seems like a bit of a catechism or you don't really understand the, the relevance of it. But then through uh, reflection, through uh, considering how this applies to your life circumstance, or perhaps through seeing an example about how this uh, understanding is manifested in another person, or perhaps through hearing a teaching, something can like open up and that which were just words on the page suddenly becomes meaningful and you can can say, oh, now I see. So that way, um, the the truth then is is not something that's um, a dead letter that, um, you know, just exists in the Pali Canon, but the, the truth is something that is arising right here in the moment out of the encounter of your own mind, your own human heart with the the laws of the nature, laws of the, the universe, uh, with uh, nature, with the Dhamma, with the teaching, or with uh, something that you're encountering. And so out of that, out of that, that uh, meeting, there comes the arising of some truth. So as this, as this little quail encountered the fire, it was right, right in that storm that the, his, his truth rose and, and became empowered. So that truth didn't really exist until, until, that, until that moment. Um, and yet in another way, uh, the truth is also timeless. So the truth is something that arises in the moment, but the truth is something which is kind of a, a keyhole that lets us enter into that which is timeless. Uh, in this case, the, uh, the quail um, remembered uh, the, uh, uh, the Buddhas of the past, he remembered the strength of the Dhamma and that, that there was this, this tradition going back through the eons. And then by putting his little, his little truth on, on top of this, this great tradition, it became, it became empowered. Um, 
something which is a falsehood needs to be uh, constantly maintained. If you uh, suppose that, um, oh, um, you know, I read in the paper once there was some fellow who was pretending to be wealthy and uh, he'd like got an apartment, uh, an expensive apartment in New York and some good expensive art, work of art. And then he started like telling people that he was the black sheep of some famous um, wealthy family and was then tricking people out of their money. Um, ended this for a certain number of years. And if you can imagine, if you were living, if your life is a lie, how much work it is to keep your story straight. How much stress, how much, how, just how miserable and how effortful it is to carry a false flag. Uh, but the truth doesn't need to be carried at all in that way. The truth just is what it is. And so because the truth doesn't need so much care and feeding uh, the way that a, a falsehood would, in that way the truth is timeless. So in that way, if one is um, perhaps in a state of, uh, of um, confusion about something and trying to, um, you know, trying to figure it out, uh, uh, trying this and trying that and not being sure if, if this is the right way or not, and then um, there's some kind of a discovery, some kind of realization, and then and some kind of, like, recognition, yes, I've got a hold of the Dhamma. I've got a hold of some, some corner of the Dhamma. I really know this. I really know it for myself. I know it with my own experience, with my own heart. I'm sure of it because I've experienced it. Then that's, that becomes your rock. That becomes something which gives a kind of stability even though we know about impermanence and we know that about, about staying in being present for the moment and not getting lost in past and future. So we have both. We have both this uh, uh, surfing on the, on the uh, flow of impermanence and we have this uh, stability, this uh, confidence and this comfort in the truth which is uh, timeless. Um, I alluded um, uh, before uh, to the idea that, for example, in uh, listening to a Dhamma talk, uh, it's possible that uh, truth can arise. It's also possible, sometimes the truth arises in giving a Dhamma talk or in having a, a Dhamma conversation. That's one of the reasons why um, this is such a great job. Uh, because actually some of the some of the greatest things arise out of conversation about the about the Dhamma between between people. Uh, some um, just uh, fantastic realizations arise. Um, probably possibly the archetype for uh, the power of that kind of truth that arises in uh, teaching the Dhamma is the uh, story surrounding the Buddha's uh, first sermon, the Dhamma Jakapavatana Sutta, the Sutta Turning the Wheel of the Dhamma, where 
the Blessed One had returned to his five disciples and explained um, the uh, middle way and explained the Four Noble Truths and uh, that uh, how these truths uh, should be um, uh, practiced and how they how he himself has practiced and accomplished what is called for in each one of the Four Noble Truths. And then at the end of the, of the Buddha's uh, speech, uh, one of the disciples called Anya Kondanya um, makes an exclamation. And he said, oh, everything that is subject to arising is subject to passing away. That was his realization. And then, but Davis started to have a great party and and celebrate, and they were uh, chanting, um, you know, there's here is the Blessed One, and he's taught this truth, and and so on and so on, and that it was going like one um, group of gods would announce it, and then another group of gods would hear it, and they would repeat the announcement, and so this telephone thing was going all throughout up and down the heavens, and the sky was the earth was shaking and the sky was was uh, uh, flashing with comets and it's like all of nature rose up in this massive celebration and but it wasn't that they rose in the celebration um, just at the moment where the, where the the blessed one was was giving the teaching but it was where the teaching was received see where the transmission happened that's that's where the power was um, and so, um, uh, throughout uh, the earlier parts of, uh, of this retreat, uh, you've heard uh, so much uh, Dhamma being uh, conveyed to you by uh, Aya Santachita and Aya Ananda Bodhi in terms of, of the, um, uh, the foundations of mindfulness, about taking refuge, and, and so on. And uh, uh, every time this happens, you know, somewhere in the room, there can be somebody who had the light bulb go on and said, oh, this is the Dhamma that I can use. And so that's really great. So that's a part of what this uh, Satchakiriya is. So um, now that um, I don't want to go on too long, but I'd like you to Consider, if you ever come across in any of the chantings or any of the devotional things in Buddhism and you hear this kind of phrase, something like, etena satchiva jena, hotute jaya mangalam, something etena satchiva jena, it's by means of this, the, um, the power of this truth. Um, then you know that's a satchakirya. That's an act of truth. And what's being celebrated there is uh, the strength of the realization that happens when we gain um, internally the, the meaning of some aspect of the Dhamma in a way that we've got hold of it and it cuts through um, just simply going around and around in the merry-go-round of the normal 
uh, karmic um, ruts uh, that we get into. And it's actually not by means of willpower, but by means of truth. I mean, willpower is good, it's part of the practice, but it's by means of truth um, that we're able to come to real, lasting, profound change um, that will leave us a different person than we were before and also make us change in a way that we don't go back. So with these uh, little thoughts, I thank you for your patient listening. Andamayang tamagataya sadhu karang tadamase Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu anumodami